Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Have you ever gotten into like cr- like true crime uh, documentaries or podcasts or anything like that? Uh, fun fact, I believe I've hinted at this a couple of times with a couple of my uh, this week facts. I'm a huge true crime <laughs> true crime fanatic. Um, yeah, yeah, I, nice. I, I I get all into that stuff. What's uh What's your favorite or or the one you're into at the moment? Ooh, um. So right now I'm I'm in the middle of a uh, a Netflix documentary about the New York Mafia in the 1970s um, during the kind of uh, the the Bronx's burning era, which uh, that phrase actually has a really cool historical and I shouldn't say cool, but a, a very fascinating historical significance uh, about it. But what's, yeah, what's the just, name of just, the documentary? Oh gosh. Um, I feel like it's called like New York Mafia or, or like it, it, it's something along the lines of like New York Mafia or, or something. Oh, okay. Like that. I thought you were. Yeah, yeah. Say it was like forty. The one I was watching last year. The 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 older listeners of the show will uh, will remember this. Um, it was like forty seven or something, referring to a specific precinct. Okay, yeah, I I know what you're talking about there, but no, 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 it's not that one. This one just came out in the past couple of months, I think. Ah, gotcha. Um, but nice. I think it's specifically titled like New York Mafia about the '70s era of New York. But yeah, that that's the one I'm into now. But you know, name any you know any serial killer or or something along those lines. I've probably either watched a documentary about them or at least listen to a documentary series about them. Yeah. True, true crime is, is my jam. What about nice. you? Well, I, I, I love this stuff as well. I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. Um, the one I just started watching and, and I, I'm certain you will have already seen this. Uh, it's about a, a woman who's on trial for beating her husband to death with okay. his own guitar collection. Okay it starts out there in the courtroom and, and the judge says uh, first time offender. And, and she says, uh, no, first a Gibson, then offender. I'm going to beat you with a guitar. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What's <laughs> shaking, Megan? I just burped. <laughs> Oh my God! If ever there was an appropriate intro for this particular episode, yes. Um, that's that's actually a pretty good segue into. Hey Cam, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I am drinking a K Bar Brown Ale from Railhouse Brewing Company in Aberdeen, North Carolina. By God, swing a beer for the working man. And and what were you drinking? Uh, the entire day leading up to this. I forgot. <laughs> no, I know it started with Bloody Marys. I'm, I, I know that's how you started. Yes, uh, from from about nine o'clock this morning to about noon 
There were uh, numerous Bloody Marys uh, uh, and, and, and jested. And then from there, it has been uh, different beers uh, throughout the rest of the afternoon combined with college football because, by God, the first Saturday of college football is a glorious time of year. It really is. Uh, there are indeed. very few sports days of the year that that are better than the start of college football season. Um, the first day of the NCAA tournament, for yes. sure. Uh, that that's my 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 be all end all of sports days. But yeah, uh, fantastic day for that. I uh, have a beer as well. I am drinking uh, a pumpkin imperial pumpkin ale from Southern Tier Brewing Company. This bad boy is 8.6 alcohol by volume. And it is out of Lakewood, New York. A uh, swig of beer for the uh, working man. I like it. I yeah. like it. And as a quick reminder, this show is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is a spot where you can find all of the greatest podcasts on the internet. And now they have their own website that you can go check out to find all these great podcasts. Go to sportsdrink.org and check out a, a funny bio that cam and i had no influence in whatsoever. none none whatsoever no matter what the platinum sombrero tries to tell you <laughs> and speaking of our friends doc and dylan at the platinum sombrero you can listen to them every thursday on spotify green room as you've heard over the past i don't know two months Spotify Greenroom is a audio-only sports talk platform that's basically like a live podcast. Just log in there, pick the shows you want to listen to, and you can actually interact with the hosts as they're recording. You never know when you're going to hear Cam and I drop in there, and uh, pretty soon I think Cam and I are going to be trying to sign up for that and uh, and calling a baseball game if you've had enough of Chip Carey for the season. So yeah, go to the iOS store or Google Play and download Spotify Greenroom for free. Yeah, and there's a good chance that I might only be half as drunk as Chip Carey is when we do our game. <laughs> look, All right, well, that's a good segue. Um, look, his his last name is Carey, so I figure that it it just it just runs in the family, right? True. So things are gonna get weird here, guys. Um, okay. Reason being that we we got on this call, okay? And normally what we do is we get on a Skype call. And and, you know, we we talk about what we're going to talk about. We structure the segments. We do all that. Well, we've both had a drink or two. And it was one of those calls where we would just a topic would come up and we would digress for 20 or 30 minutes about it. And and I figured that if we were going to get an episode done today, the only way that was going to work uh, was if I started recording without telling Cam. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. And I'm I'm now suing you for for libel. <laughs> that that that's that's not true at all. All right. Um, well, the, money, the money to pay you is going to come out of our t-shirt sales. So anyway, we are going to take a quick cut and go right over to uh to to some content that Cam did not know was being recorded. So that was a good time. Just a a heads up for any of you who might be listening at work or in the car with children, not safe for work. Uh, yeah, because I didn't realize you were recording, so we're just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are going to go into that and then end the show as usual with this week in baseball and the Braves breakdown. Okay, so I was I was watching a high school game. Uh, a couple of uh, Texas high schools, like 
and, and I looked them both up. They were both 6A high schools, which is just mind-blowing to me. Um, playing each other in, in Cowboys Stadium uh, the, other, the other week. And I noticed that they kept panning over. One of the high school coaches was on the sideline. He had a fedora on and then, like, a dress shirt and a tie. Like, literally dressed like Vince Lombardi, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They keep panning over to this guy. He's got to be some big deal in Texas. So I look him up. Sure enough, he's like the second winningest coach in Texas high school history. Has over 400 wins and nearly 40 years of coaching Texas high school football, yada, yada, yada. All right. So that, that got me wondering. I was like, okay, so who is the winningest coach in Texas high school history? And so I found him. I can't remember his name. But he's won 480 games <laughs> in Texas high school football, right? Good Lord. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot. Like it's like his his all time record is like 480 and like 220 or something like that. Just like an unreal record. But then the fact that like killed me was when I saw this guy's annual salary at his current high school. Oh no. As a high school football coach, this man makes $99,000 a year. He makes nearly six figures a year coaching high school football. Coaching high school football. That that doesn't surprise me at all. I honestly thought you were going to say a much higher number. Because well, especially like like. Texas and like Hoover, Alabama, and these just monster high school like that. Like, okay, they're basically they're they're almost power five college schools. Okay, okay, okay. So speaking of Hoover, Alabama, Coach Probst is in a new Netflix series, and it's eh. how many series does this guy need to be on? At whatever high school he goes to, he's going to get a television series out of it because he's a dramatic asshole. <laughs> like, I don't like the, the guy. The same has often been said about me. <laughs> I Yeah, he... So, okay, so the series on Netflix, which just came out, like, a couple of weeks ago, is called Title Town High. And it's about Valdosta what was, High School. What was the big one that, that Hoover was part of years ago? Two-a-days. Was that it? Yes. Yeah, it was, okay. a, it was an MTV series called Two-a-days. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, I, I, trust me, I was in middle school and I watched every episode of it. Um, <laughs> so the series he's in now is called Title Town High, and it's about Valdosta High School in Georgia. Valdosta. Valdosta. There it is. There it is. Valdosta. It's like Valdosta. Whatever. Valdosta. I'm the one that's supposed to mispronounce things. We, yeah. Well, you live there, so you should know <laughs> about it anyway. And, that, and that's down toward like the Florida line. Isn't you it? don't live in Russia, dude. Like you're pretty close. <laughs> Define close. Okay. Bordering, it, bordering state. Eh, kinda. Anyway. I still have to. I still have to cut through. I, I still have to cut through South Carolina to get to you. <laughs> and their terrible roads. Anyway, I eighty five is a delight, sir. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, Valdosta High School. 
and so the kicker about all of this that just like blew my mind so they've they've got this kid right um i can't remember what his name is but in the series he is a senior quarterback committed to usc which now i think he's at miami so he switched his commitment um anyway he was a senior commitment to usc living out in california but when california canceled their football season last year he decided that he still wanted to play his senior season of high school football so he made the move to georgia to play his senior year of high school despite the fact that he was already committed to usc all right. <laughs> Here's the kicker in all of this. He was a kicker? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, the crazy part of all this is that for him to be eligible in the state of Georgia to come play high school football there, his parents legally separated so that his dad could move to Georgia for him to play here. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then the state of Georgia still deemed him ineligible after one game. Oh, my God. Did, like I'm I'm sitting here watching this series like last weekend at like midnight in my living room, almost about to choke because I'm laughing at this. The ridiculousness of the situation. Do we know who this guy is? Did he ever like make it the NFL? No, 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 like, this just happened last year. So he's oh. at he's oh. at the University of Miami right now. Hang on, hang on, let me, let me, let me find this kid's name. Because the only reason the parents would pull a stunt like that is because they see dollar signs in the future. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. His name is Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia, University of Miami. Six foot two, one ninety five, four star quarterback. Oh, he's the quarterback. Yes, and he he's a second string. He's I think he's second string for Miami because they Miami still has Derek King. But right, we'll we'll see we will see Jake Garcia next season. Did you see that Bama game today? We might see Jake Garcia this season. <laughs> I am so. Anybody that thinks that Nick Saban and his crew are going anywhere, I am laughing at you. No, they're not. That they team's not. not going fucking anywhere. No. Like, they're, they're talking on college game day about, oh, well, I don't know if Alabama's got the team to repeat this year. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> Alabama has the number one recruiting class coming into this season and the number one recruiting class coming into next season. Fuck off if you don't think that they've got <laughs> Jesus. They are, they are champs until proven otherwise. Like they are they are champs until Nick never, Saban gets never bored has with football. A school and a coach earned the benefit of the doubt forever. More more than say let, let 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 me just tell you something. And, and and I'm I'm starting to see it this season already. I'm gonna tell you I'm, something, brother. Let me let me tell you something, brother Jack, dude. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm starting to see people get like frustrated with the Alabama, you know, narrative every single year. Just just now. 
Yeah. Like, well, what, I mean, I mean, like I've, took I've, you so long. It's almost been a decade. Right. I, I'm at the I'm at the same point with Alabama that I am with with Tom Brady. That you need to look at this and realize that we might never see something like this again in our lifetime. <clears throat> and you need to appreciate Good. it. Good. I <laughs> no, never no, no. want to see something like this again in my lifetime. Like I enjoy parody. I enjoy in in sports in general. I enjoy the feeling of anyone could win at any given time. Okay, so I I completely understand that. Unfortunately, we have baseball and college basketball to depend on that. Right. Yeah. Those are the two saving graces. But I I think at some point you got to look at it and be like, okay, this is genuinely impressive. Oh, oh, it absolutely is, and I'll I'll, I'll never deny that. Tom Brady no, no, no. is the greatest quarterback of all time, and yeah, Nick Saban and, and, is the greatest college football coach of all time. I get that. I can still hate them. Oh no, 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 no. I, so I, I, I totally get that. And, you know, I, I think at some point you gotta, yeah, you gotta look at it and be like, okay, I might not like the like the guy or like the thing, but this is genuinely something special that I'm seeing, and I probably will never see again. Right. Y- right. Yeah. And like it's it's it, I guess cool that we're seeing that now, but I'm okay if I never see that again. Like that's fine. Right. I'm I'm good with that. Right. Right. Hey, take it as somebody who was a fifth grader and saw Tom Brady Tom Brady slash his favorite NFL team's dreams of winning a Super Bowl. Trust me, I understand. Oh, oh yours yours too. Uh, yeah. Do you not remember the Jake DeLome Super Bowl? I know only I, I, I know I people I know people only remember that because everybody saw Janet Jackson's titty in the halftime show. <laughs> First of all, that wasn't the Jake DeLome Super Bowl, you insufferable swine. That was the Julius Peppers Super Bowl. Okay, well, everybody always remembers teams for their quarterback, Alex. N- not when your quarterback is Jake DeLome. <laughs> Look! Look! <laughs> I'll tell you this. Nobody, he was stellar that season, okay? For Trent Dilfer. What? Nobody remembers the Ravens for Trent Dilfer. Shit, they sure remember him from Joe Flacco, though. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jake DeLome is actually getting back into the good graces of Panthers fans, and it's kind of funny to me. How is, is he y'all's quarterback coach or something? No, but he's like on our radio crew. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he is. And like, he's genuinely good at it. And so, and so here's the funny thing. Like, here's the hilarious thing to me about it. He, he's like a special, like side analyst. He's not a color. He's not a full-time color guy, but he's like the third man in the booth that like Mick Mixon will go to him every once in a while and like ask him for insight. And so you don't think about it. Just because, like, you got used to the name Jake DeLome and, like, you know, you don't really think about it. You forget the fact that he literally is from rural Louisiana and he has a very thick Louisiana accent. I actually didn't know that, although I should have assumed it with a last name like DeLome. DeLome. Yeah, so, like, Mick Mixon will be like, and a run up the middle, a good stop there by, you know, what yada yada. It's third and two Panthers. Jake, what'd you see on that play? And he'll be like, 
Yeah, well, you know, Mick, the uh, the, the players ran up the middle there. Like, <laughs> it cracks Why me up. Why does your Cajun accent sound just like your Boston accent? I'm, I'm a one-trick pony, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. It yeah, it, it, it cracks me up, though. Mick Mixon is a god, and I'm going to miss him after this season. Because he, uh, is, he is retired. I have, I have no frame of reference for that, sadly. So, okay, so fun fact, Mick Mixon was Woody Durham's color guy for years um, in Chapel Hill. And then, when was it? It was like 99 or 2000, I think, um, after the Panthers, like, really, you know, the Panthers got established in 94. And so they had been around for a few years at that point. They They called on Mick Mixon to leave Carolina and become their lead guy. And so he let, he left Chapel Hill and become, and became the Panthers play-by-play guy. Um, it, we, we kind of have a, an oddly similar setup for the Falcons. So we have, uh, we well, got West Durham, right? We've got West Durham. Right. Uh, and then we've got Dave Archer, who was a former Falcons quarterback. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Interesting. So, so that's that's the key in in Southern football radio is you get someone from the Durham family, yeah, and then you, get, <laughs> you get a former quarterback from your team. Yeah, exactly. God, I'm, <laughs> man, I miss I miss Woody Durham so much, but I love Jones Angel. I like I never never heard either of them. Really? Yeah. You, you so well, I mean. Okay. No, like I when when I was living so, in Chapel do, do you, Hill, like you, I would. Do you remember any? Like, do you remember any of your time in Chapel? Like, I know you were really young, but like, oh, I how absolutely m- do. I okay, mean, I w- it was ages five to ten. Okay, so, so I, I remember a good bit of it, but like, like I wasn't super into football at the time. We, I, I gotcha. We'd go to games occasionally. Yeah. Um, uh, but I wasn't like listening to it on the radio or anything. Um, I gotcha. Basketball, when I couldn't get to a TV, I would absolutely listen to on the radio though. Okay. Um, okay. Can't remember the the names of the guys who were who were calling it at the time, but well, uh, it, well, it was it was absolutely Woody Durham. W- w- so Woody Durham called football and basketball from like the late '60s through I think 2008. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Then it was definitely. Uh, yeah. So if you yeah if you ever at you know before 2008 if you ever listened to a football or basketball game well it was that, that bastard broke my heart in 1994 when we lost to Boston College in the second round of the NCAA tournament and then my family moved out of Chapel Hill I was distraught. Yeah, I was just a few months old at that point, so it I don't. Was, I I was. Well, we we were coming off the national championship. Uh, right. Yeah. And, well, and I we mean, had, our team was stacked. Holy so, crap, this team was stacked. And like they still do occasionally to this very fucking day, Boston College comes out of nowhere and just just destroys a team they have no business destroying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I watched Carolina lose to Boston College and I know different sport, but I lost them I watched Carolina lose to Boston College in the Continental Tire Bowl in 2005 in Charlotte. That sucked. Ooh, was that that might have been Matt Ryan? Oh shit! Now I gotta look it up, motherfucker. Hang on. UNC Boston College Continental Tire Bowl. 
That would have been his freshman year. So he probably didn't play. Uh, no, it was Boston College quarterback was Paul Peterson. It was 2004. Matt Ryan was on the roster, though. December 30th, 2004. Yep, that was uh, so he was he was the Boston College starter in 05, 06 and 07. And he was the the bench as a freshman in 04. And you know, what's funny is that. Okay, so Carolina and Boston College played each other in 2004 in a bowl game, and then Boston College joins the ACC the following season. But how how in the world do I not remember Matt Ryan playing for Boston College? Like, I have no specific memories. Oh, I have no idea, because I I remember watching Boston College playing North Carolina and Matt Ryan just being an absolute stud. Right. (laughs) Begging the Falcons to draft him in 08. Right. Oh, well, I mean, that's so when we drafted Luke Keekley, you know, I was like, wait, who? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's Boston College's leading tackler ever. And, you know, he set like an ACC single season record. And I was like, oh, OK, so this guy must be good. And then for a few seasons, he was arguably one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like with the ACC more than other conferences, like if there's a standout player, they're going to do pretty well in the NFL. Like, that's why I, I never ever 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 bought into the daniel jones hype coming out of duke right like this guy just wasn't that great yeah like i've watched him play a bunch or at least several games he was never that great but i always feel like he was a guy who could have a who had a very solid foundation like he was and on the on the flip side that's why i always believed in TJ Yates. Yeah. And yeah, then he well. went on to become the first Tar Heel to win a post a, a playoff game in the NFL. He did, and then you know, he's out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wait, what? I, I said then then he now he's at the house. <laughs> he he was uh, uh, on an NFL coaching staff for a little while. Oh no! Uh, oh, is he? Is it? Yeah, he's a he's, he's a, a he's a game specialist, specialist for the Falcons right now. Oh, how about that? God, he is thirty four years old. What the fuck? Shut up, dude. I'm older than him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like he's somebody like I felt like I was like a child watching play. I actually forgot he played for the Falcons for a season. Oops. Yeah, I just remember him with the Texans. How did a guy How did a guy with 324 career pass attempts win a playoff game? <laughs> My god. <laughs> he had 10 career touchdown passes and 11 career picks. So wait, who did the Texans beat? Ah. Uh, uh... <laughs> Oh, let me also say Clemson is is about to lose this game, but they're still going to make the playoff. Oh, of course they are. They could lose 
five games, and somehow they're still uh, squeeze in there. I wouldn't go that far, but this was definitely Georgia's game to like must win. Oh, absolutely. Th- this was no, more see, of it. Yeah, th- this game, the way I saw it was was Clemson. If if they lose, they're, they're going to be okay. If Georgia, excuse me, if Georgia loses this game, uh, their season's over. Uh, correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Clemson can still be a one-loss conference champion and still get into the playoff. Georgia, Georgia's going to win this game. Still potentially lose, still probably lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. But if they run the table through the end, they're still going to be a solid, as long as they don't shit the bed against Alabama, they're still going to be a solid conversation about whether Georgia should be in or not. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're probably still looking at Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. And I think I'm finally at the point where I'm like, expand the playoff. Let's just see what happens. I. Why not? Like, let, let's I mean, just see. I've what always been all for an eight or a sixteen-team playoff. Like, shorten the season. Yeah, I, I think I'm at eight. I, I, I think eight is is the solid number. And eh, make it ten. Get some wild cards. Yeah, let's go twelve. <laughs> it, it, it it does sound like it's going to be twelve. Handshake it, emoji. It 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 really does sound like it's going to be twelve though. If if that's if they do expand it. If they do expand it, I mean, uh, four's better than two, um, but it's it's certainly not ideal. Oh yeah, anybody that wants to anybody that wants to complain about the playoff forgets how nonsensical the BCS oh, yeah. the BCS could have been. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, do you, I, I forget the timeline on when all the changes happened, but but do you recall the pre-BCS times? Oh, like the when they would just name a, 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 a random a random bowl game a national championship. No, 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 it wouldn't even it wouldn't even like be the game. Oh, it's like oh, it's like Oklahoma beat so and so in the Sugar Bowl. Well, I guess they're national champions now. Right. <laughs> yeah that, that was like and the like, 80s and teams would argue over we're more deserving we're more deserving we won the ap well we won the coaches like, <laughs> it was the craziest thing ever yeah oh god oh god clemson dude just got killed uh washington i need you to get your head out your ass because i i picked you to win today washington yes what are you Washington. doing gambling on Washington Huskies football? Uh, because they're ranked and they're playing an unranked team. Okay. Did did you watch the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game yesterday? Yes. Oh, okay. But, well, that was all, a ranked team but, playing an unranked team. Yes, but I told you weeks ago that that was a trap game. Oh, I knew it from the day the schedule came out. Oh, uh, yeah. I tend to be confident there for a little while. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Because if Washington loses this game, guess what? I'm going to immediately tweet Giuseppe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. That, that works. Oh God. Georgia They're Texas. losing They're losing to Montana. <laughs> Georgia they're, Tech is currently losing at home to Northern Illinois University. 
motherfucker, I'm glad I didn't pick that one. <laughs> so, so the hold on, that, the Penn State Wisconsin game finished 16 to 10. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it like zero zero halfway through the fourth quarter? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I'm telling you, those last 10 minutes got weird. Um. Yeah, Washington is trailing Montana 13-7 to with a minute 42 to go in the fourth quarter. Who's got the ball? Washington, but it's fourth and two on their own 34. Is this, is this game televised? Who's got it? I, I don't think it is. I'm, I'm looking through the guide for it. This, this, this Georgia-Clemson game might actually be over. <laughs> I think it is. Um, Actually. Clemson's got no timeouts left at second and eight. Georgia's got the ball. Uh, yeah, LSU's about to shit the bed against UCLA, which is not exactly God, unexpected. UCLA, good lord. It, it's not unexpected. That that was an upset pick that everybody was looking at this week being like, UCLA might actually pull this one out. I heard some guys talking about it on the radio. Like, LSU no longer has, like, they don't have players who have positions like they're just a team of freaking athletes yeah which is like it's it's good every team needs to have some like designated athletes who can just do a little bit of everything but you can't build your team out of those guys no yeah i don't think that washington game's on tv damn all they need is all georgia needs is a field goal to ice this just run the clock out (laughs) Jesus. Like, they can almost take this clock down to nothing, kick a field goal, be up 10. Now, now I'm curious, when was the last time that Clemson lost back-to-back games? Northern Illinois defeats Georgia Tech in Atlanta, 22-21. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, God. Is Georgia Tech back? Georgia Tech's back. Don't mind me. I'm just checking scores. God almighty, Illinois losing to UTSA. When's it, is is uh is Lovey Smith still their coach in, at Illinois? Uh no. Where is he at? I just I just looked him up the other day actually. Whoa, Montana's he, got the ball back. No, Lovey Lovey okay, so Lovey Smith is uh oh. Oh God, motherfucker! I'm gonna lose that pick. <laughs> Damn it! No, he's a he's the uh, defensive coordinator for the Texans now. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna be fucking pissed over that Washington pick. Yeah, yeah. Although that might be the only one I dropped this week. Did you take the line or a straight bet? It it's so the the pool that we're doing is straight win. Who is going to win? It there's no no betting line, no no odds involved, nothing. That's the one first I tried. To, Georgia. That's the oh one. Oh my I, god, Georgia's going to win. Ball game. Yeah, first first down here ends it. Yeah, that's it. One, one more knee and it's over. Yeah, they can knee it now. Ball game done. In over. Sorry, Deb. Sorry, Debo. I'm not. That was the last guy I'm going to feel bad for. Yeah, I don't care. 
Uh, Vanderbilt is losing to East Tennessee State. Oh, my God. I don't want to get on the timeline for the next week. Oh, it's going to be nothing but Georgia fans? God. Georgia fans are going to be all over the internet like, this is it. This is the year. I'm like, you haven't played an SEC team yet. <laughs> like, you know, the, the teams that know you. Okay, so Montana just missed a 49-yard field goal. Washington's got the football. Are you kidding me? With 118 to go on their own 32. Damn it, I need Washington to win this fucking game because I want to go perfecto this week. All right, I've just got the game cast. God uh, almighty, don't you fuck me over, Montana. I have uh, Washington with third and ten, a minute two remaining. Ball on their own 32-yard line. Ugh. Two incomplete passes to start the drive. I played it safe this week. Like, I did not, like, pick any games that should have been close. Well, it's it's like doing NCAA brackets, man. You you Sometimes you just have to close your eyes and pick I, an upset. I know it. I am well aware. God almighty. Dude's in, dude in our, hey, he just dropped one. Ha <laughs> oh, ha. Fourth and 10, 57 seconds remaining. Last chance for Washington. Why the motherfucker? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely tweeting Giuseppe now and being like, you ruined my pool, you uh, well, bastard. Wait till the game's over. I know, I know. I picked Auburn. Is Auburn not on a final score? Yeah, they should be. Yeah, Washington is literally going to prevent me from a from a perfect week because the only games I don't have a final on yet are Florida, who is up big, Texas A&M, who's up big, and then I've got Notre Dame tomorrow night against FSU, and they ought to blow Florida State out. Ooh. Damn Completion it. for 25 yards for Washington. Come on. Come the fuck on. First first and 10 on the Montana 43, 37 seconds remaining. Incomplete pass, second and 10. Please, for the love of God, I need you to win this game, Washington. I need to go perfect week one. Please, please, please. There is $225 up for grabs. Please, for the love of God. Field goal does not help. No, you got to score here. All right, they're on the 43. <laughs> I wanted I want nothing more than week one to go fifteen and zero. Are you aware that I've been recording for the last half hour? Have you really? Yes. Okay, I just looked down and realized that this Whoops. is the show. Just so you know. Oh, fantastic! Great. That means <laughs> I get to go to bed after we're done here. Oh no, we're we still got to do segments. Ah. Okay. <laughs> So you got you you've caught all of this football talk. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> uh, oh, good no, lord, no UCLA! No one's going to hear us talking about this because once we talk about football for twenty straight minutes, everyone's going to shut it off. Yeah, that's fair. Another first down for the Washington Huskies. First and ten on the Montana thirty-four with thirty-one seconds remaining. Please, please. Oh wait, please. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Interception, Montana! Montana has the ball! Damn it. 34 seconds. There goes my perfect week. Daggone it! Yeah, I'm tweeting Giuseppe now. <laughs> yep, tweeting him right now. Same. 
Sorry. Hey, what are the Braves doing right now? Do I want to look? Nope. We're down two runs. Awesome. What a great week for sports this has been. <laughs> yeah, I'm tweeting Joe Sapir right now. Oh, I already did. Yep, there it goes. <laughs> Joe's already tweeted. <laughs> he said all of my sports team sucks. <laughs> none, none of you have any clue what it feels like. <laughs> oh, God, Barstool's already tweeted out that Georgia Bulldogs fan video. Oh, God. And you know which one I'm talking about. I do. The guy painted white. Let's go, go dogs. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Jesus. As if he needed to paint himself white. He was the whitest white kid that ever whited. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> God. How the hell are you going to mix this episode? I have no idea. It's it's going to be a mess. <laughs> but once once I realized that off, like, when we weren't recording, we were talking about everything that came up for, like, 20 minutes. I yes. kind of knew I had to hit record. Otherwise, we weren't going to get an episode this week. We're literally going to shit the bed against the Rockies tonight, aren't we? Um, I mean, it it happened last night. Why not? It did. It did. It did indeed. <laughs> well, at least we didn't lose like the Dodgers did. True. And let no one say that we didn't talk about baseball this episode. That's right. <laughs> That is correct. Hey, at least, the, at least the Phillies lost today and the Mets lost. Marlins out there doing the Lord's work this week. The Marlins are out there just doing what they've done in the past three seasons against the Phillies. And it cracks awesome. me up. It's so great. Like, it, it is honestly laughable at this point. that The Phillies just don't have an answer for the Marlins. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Oh, no, Joe. Uh-oh. He said, can't believe the college football season is over already. Wow, time flies when you're losing to FCS schools in pathetic fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I tagged him so quick. I tagged him before that game was actually officially over. <laughs> I hate that video so much. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'd so hate it if, I'd hate it if I were a uh, if I were a Georgia fan. Okay, so are we gonna are we gonna take this part and just stick it at the end of our episode? Oh no, this is the this is the intro. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, Alex, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna go back and record that part. Um, okay, fair enough. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, screw it. Uh, up next, this week in baseball history. Okay. All right. We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is September 6th through the 12th. Our first fact comes to us from September 6th, 1995. Cal Ripken breaks Lou Gehrig's consecutive game record playing in his 2,131st straight game. 
When the game becomes official in the middle of the fifth inning, the new Iron Man takes a victory lap around Cannon Yards during the 22-minute standing ovation from the sellout crowd, including President Bill Clinton. What so, year did you say that was? 95. That's that's one of my earlier sports memories. Like, yeah. I distinctly remember that. Yeah, so obviously, like, I, I do not remember Ripken breaking the record. But I remember still being very young. So, you, you you know the little commemorative mini bats? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember my dad giving me a Cal Ripken mini bat, like, at a very young age. So this probably had to be around, like, 98, 99 at this point um, when he gave it to me. So I was, you know, five or six years old. And not really knowing the significance of Cal Ripken, but knowing that Cal Ripken, the name, was a big deal. Um, and so that that's always been kind of cool to me uh, uh, about the guy that, like, he's a name that I've always kind of known when it comes to baseball. But I, I see people every now and again trying to downplay the significance of this record. But I don't think people truly understand how awesome no, this is. It, it, it's, there's nothing insignificant about it. No, there's not. Like, not only is it the fact that, you know, first off, you remained good enough to be a starter for this it, long. It's one of those records like Ricky Henderson's where where you look at the record and then you look at how far back the second place person is. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, oh, he did something here. Oh, we could spend an entire episode talking about Ricky Henderson. Like, I think we have. Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple of times. But, you know, not not only is it the fact that Cal Ripken remained good enough long enough to, you know, play that many games consecutively, to be a starter in that many games consecutively, but it's the fact that, like, he avoided injury. He didn't take a day off. That That's yeah, oh, what... Yeah. You know that that that's what that's what gets me uh, about it all, and like it's not something that I, you know, consider the fact that Lou well, Gehrig. Let, let's let let's backtrack a second. Yes. Um. I, I while I have no concrete evidence of this, I think we can safely assume that he absolutely did not avoid injury. No, no. I, but I mean, you know, avoided any like time loss because of injury. Yes. Yeah. Definitely avoided avoided the 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 IL. Um. But like th- this guy, he was getting beaten to smithereens like out there every single day, and 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 still pulled this record off. I mean, consider consider the fact that his streak started in I think what was it, eighty two, eighty three. Something like that. Like, like when that that's when it started. And then we're talking about in 1995 is when he broke the record. And the fact that he, I think, went on for two more seasons. Roundabout before he actually took a day off. Because why not? Yeah. I don't know. And, it's and just... that's and and that's one of many reasons why I'm not Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, because the day I broke that record, I would be taken the next day off. Oh, for hell, sure. Hell, maybe the next month and going on vacation. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. All right. See you guys. See ya. I have uh, I have done the deed. All right. Our next fact comes to us from September 8th, 1885. George H. Rawlings, 
patents a close-fitting baseball glove that features padding made of felt and rubber in the fingers, thumb, and palm. The owner of a St. Louis sporting goods store invented the padded piece of equipment to prevent players from bruising their hands when catching a baseball. So there you go. George H. Rawlings, the official uh, inventor of the padded baseball mitt. And I'm I'm sorry, what year did you say this was again? That was 1885. I mean, how long had they been playing baseball without padded gloves? <laughs> Uh, to that point, at least 25 to 30 years. Goodness. It took 25 to 30 years yeah. to figure out we need some padding in this thing. But, but what's cooler, though, is, I mean, we're talking about the year 1885 and the fact that Rawlings is still a prominent name in the game of baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, I have they still make the official ball of MLB, right? I believe so. And like, not only that, but like. Uh, one of my gloves that I have here at the house is a Rawlings glove. That is one of the brands that I grew up with. What about you? Uh, for you baseball, remember, like, I think sp- I was always a Wilson guy. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Mainly because I was also a tennis player, and Wilson also dominates the tennis industry as well. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I, I think I had a Wilson glove at one point. I had a Rawlings glove. Um, one of the last gloves I had, I think I think was a Mizuno. Um, but like Rawlings, still very much a prominent name in the game of baseball. We're talking about, you know, you're still I, the title sponsor of the Gold Glove Award, too. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we're talking about a patent that was filed in 1885, nearly <laughs> 140 years ago. I don't know. It it it's it's wild to me. It's just uh, it's one just... one year someone's gonna forget to renew that patent and Ooh. like. <laughs> And boy, oh boy, the Steve from Jonesboro, Georgia, is gonna grab the patent and be. Hey, I I was gonna, I was gonna say the uh, chatting average Golden Glove Award has a nice ring to it. Oh yes, that's gotta happen. Yeah. All right, our next fact comes to us from September tenth, eighteen eighty one. So we're going back in time yet again, at Haymakers Grounds. Future Hall of Fame first baseman Roger Connor becomes the first major leaguer to hit a grand slam, giving the Troy Trojans a 7-4 walk-off victory over the Worcester Ruby Legs. The 23-year-old <laughs> what? Hey now, easy. The 23-year-old Waterbury, Connecticut native's Sayonara Slam, a home run which wins a game when a team is down by three runs in the bottom of the final inning, comes with two outs. So how about that? Not only did the first Grand Slam uh, occur all the way in 1881, but it also occurred when the team was down four runs and was a walk-off. Were they down three or four runs? They were down three runs. Ah, okay. So a Grand Slam gives them a one-run victory with two outs. A Sayonara Slam. Fun! I'm I'm still daydreaming about the the chatting average gold glove award. We're gonna make it happen, by God. Yes. All right. Our final fact comes to us from September 12th, 1976. At age 53, Minnie Minoso becomes the oldest player to get a hit, to get a hit in a regular season game as he singles in three at bats as the designated hitter for the White Sox. Angel Southpaw Sid Mongi gives up the historic base hit. So 
So there you go, Alex. Uh, you got a couple of years before you can try to break that record. <sighs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. 53, though, with a base hit. <laughs> Surely we won't see that record broken, right? No, no. We we I, I feel like we have have gone well past the era where someone could play that long. There you go. There you go. Although, having seen Julio Franco taking hacks last season in Japan or wherever it was, um, he could still get a base hit in the bigs. Maybe so. Maybe that so. swing looks as good as ever. Well, you know, I mean, there, there's something to be said as, you know, as you get older, you get old man strength. But then again, you know, maybe your reflexes aren't as good or maybe your maybe your use of technology isn't as good. But Alex, you know, if you have good use of technology, you know what you should, you should do with it? No, I don't. You should download Spotify Green Room. Oh, my God. Alex. Spotify Green Room is a mobile application you can purchase for free, so it's not really a purchase, <laughs> but you can download it on your Apple and Android devices. <laughs> it's like an interactive podcast, voice only, so you can remain anonymous if you so choose. Hey, we're from Brave's Twitter. We know all about remaining anonymous. So Spotify Green Room, hop on and join your friends talking about sports, pop culture, and whatnot, all for free on your mobile device. Spotify Green Room, check it out. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we will be right back to take a look at the last week for the Braves and see what's ahead. All right, friends. We knew it wasn't going to be an easy week for the Braves. Um, and, and, we were all right. Uh, so it started on Monday with a three-game series at the Dodgers. This may be the first you're hearing the uh, the stats from the game because every single one of these Dodgers games started at 10.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Daylight Time. Yeah. <sighs> so, um... Brutal. So, full disclosure. Didn't see a single pitch of any of these games. That's That's for the best. Yeah, probably. It, uh, would, it certainly appears that way. I, I wouldn't be upset about that if I were you. No. Long story short, Monday game, Braves lose 5-3. to three. Julio Urias gets the win for the Dodgers, going six innings, allowing two earned runs, striking out seven, and walking nobody. Drew Smiley was, got the start for the Braves, went four and two-thirds, allowing five earned runs, striking out five with no walks. You had home runs this week from or on this uh, game from Freddie Freeman, Jorge Soler, and Adam Duvall, but they were all solo shots, and it just wasn't enough to stay on top of the Dodgers. Braves lose game one. Game two, Braves lose three to two. Had Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves, had another great start out of him against a fantastic Dodgers team. He pitched six innings, allowing three hits, one earned run, striking out eight and walking two. The killer was the uh, was the Mookie Betts home run that that put the uh, that got the Dodgers back in the game after the Braves had gotten a two to nothing lead. And then the Dodgers tacked on a couple of late runs, make it three to two. Braves could not get it done against Kenley Jansen in the ninth. That's the end of the ball game there. Lose game two. Get to game three. 
have Max Freed on the hill up against Max Scherzer for the Dodgers. Uh, and the battle of the Maxes was incredible. Both pitchers went six full innings. Both pitchers only allowed three hits. Unfortunately, Max Freed's three hits were a little bit more consequential. He ended up allowing two earned runs, struck out nine, only walked one, gave up two home runs. Max Scherzer, on the other hand, also struck out nine, didn't walk anybody, allowed no earned runs, obviously no home runs. Uh, Eddie Rosario came in and gave us a big home run in the seventh inning with one on and one out against Brewstar Greaterall. Uh, and the Braves looked like they were going to have a chance to tie it up, but couldn't pull it off. Braves end up losing four to three, sealing the sweep for the Dodgers. And, you know, while it's easy to get, you know, to beat yourself up over over losing uh, a series like that, that's a team you really wanted to beat. Uh, you certainly didn't want to get swept on the road. You know, the Dodgers lined up their rotation so their three best pitchers would be going against the Braves. So, so one, that's an incredibly questionable decision by the Dodgers, considering that the Dodgers following the Braves series were going into a series with the uh, San Francisco Giants, who they were tied for the NL West lead with. Right. Um, but to an extent, you also kind of have to take that as a sign of respect, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I, I, I mean, maybe maybe that's Dave Roberts looking a little too far down the road, just assuming the, the division's wrapped up for them, uh, as if the Giants aren't going to compete from here on out. But uh, I, I think they went into that Dodgers series with, with a bullpen game in game one. Yeah, I- you know, it's it's kind of interesting that the the way I always look at close close games or especially like one run games is that you know oftentimes you can look at maybe a specific play or you know a specific call or, or something like that that you know if it goes the other way then you know maybe it changes the tide because a one run game you know being that it's as close as a game can get. You know, sometimes you can look at it as, well, if one thing goes this way, it can just kind of change the course of of the outcome of that game. And that's kind of the I feel like the story of this entire series, like, I, you know, again, I I didn't see a single pitch of the series. But, you know, in in looking at, you know, kind of the recaps of it and and seeing that, you know, also by one run, you know, what, two out of three games in this series. I don't know. I think you can take away from that the Dodgers series and look at it and say, well, we were dang close, and you know we're still not necessarily. I, I, yeah, I mean the the Dodgers <sighs> swept the Braves, but but the cumulative run differential for the Dodgers for the entire series was only four runs. Right. I don't know. I I think you can still look at the series and say, okay, sure, we didn't win one, but. We didn't get blown out of the water either, so maybe we're, you know, we're not as far off as people think we are as far as playoff contention. I I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, coming off of that stretch that we had where we were playing 
the worst teams in baseball. You know, we 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 went on this big nine game winning streak so that things like this could happen and it would be okay. And this happened, and the Braves are still leading the NL East. So we go from there to Denver for a four-game series against the Rockies, who are on a tear at home. They're not a good team. No, they're not. As long as they're outside of Denver. Unfortunately, that is where we had to play them, and their 43-22 and record going into this series. So, Braves look to get back on track, have Tuki Toussaint taking the bump. Tuki has a rough outing. He only goes three innings, allows six hits and four earned runs. But good Lord, did the bullpen come in and do some fantastic work to follow that up and give it, give the, give the Braves a chance. Um, I have to eat some crow on this one, Cam. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, apparently... Uh, Jacob Webb has has learned how to pitch baseballs because this guy got called back up when the rosters expanded on September 1st, and uh, he's he's been pretty lights out. Uh, Jacob Webb was the first reliever in out of the bullpen when Tukey got pulled. All he does is pitch two innings, only allowing one hit, striking out two, no runs, no batters hit in the face. Uh, really just a fantastic outing for Jacob Webb, uh, in all seriousness. Uh, Jesse Chavez comes in after him, has a perfectly clean inning, uh, striking out one. Richard Rodriguez follows that with another clean inning. Luke Jackson, another clean inning. Will Smith closes the game out with a clean inning. Braves win six to five. Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall both hit mammoth home runs for the Braves. Uh, and uh, that I'm, be- I'm not sure that Adam Duvall has landed yet. It, it, <laughs> so, so yes, they're in Denver and the thin air causes the, the ball to fly a little bit further than it would at other parks. Um, but I'll tell you this much. The home run derby this year was at Coors Field. I didn't see any of the balls in the home run derby fly as far as Adam Duvall's ball did the other night. No, he killed that one. It was Matt. He hit it just onto the concourse. Me and my wife were both watching, and I think both of us in unison just went, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Bananas. So Braves right the ship coming off of the sweep from the Dodgers, winning six to five in Colorado. Uh, back at it the next night. Got Waskar, I know, on the mound. Don't get the best stuff out of him. He goes five and two thirds, allows five hits, four earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts, and did allow a homer. Uh, Braves lose four to three, despite a big leadoff home run in the first inning from Ozzie Albies, uh, doubles from Freeman, Rosario, and Riley, and a triple from Duvall. Just, just a tough outing. Uh, had had good bullpen help from A.J. Mentor and Tyler Matzik to give the Braves a chance there at the end. They just just couldn't get that last extra run. We're seeing a lot of one-run losses this week. Yeah, we are. And unfortunately, that's a segue. 
because tonight, as we're recording on Saturday night, uh, the Braves game has completed. The Rockies have won seven to six. Ian Anderson, rough outing in Denver. Goes three innings, allows five hits, four earned runs, walks four, and doesn't strike out anybody. Herman Marquez, on the other hand, goes five innings, allowing two earned runs, striking out five, walking one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, scored some runs. Just just could not, could, couldn't get a good start, apparently, this whole series. Um. The one thing I'll say in defense of the Braves starting pitchers is that it is a known fact that your breaking stuff does not do what you expect it to do when you are throwing it at elevation. Yeah. And, you know, though, but you're you're going to have every season and it just it feels more. It feels like it's more pressure because you're at the you're at the point that you're at in the year with the lead that you currently have. But, you know, you're going to have stretches like this in a season where it's like, dang, you know, we keep losing these close ones. But I, I think eventually, you know, you break the seal on that. I, I, I'm, I'm oh, sure I'm not worried. We're still in first. We still have a lead. I'm, I'm not worried at, about it at this point. No, no. And luckily, the Marlins have been handling business against the second place Phillies. Uh, so the Braves lead uh, in the division, if I'm not mistaken, still sits at two games. Hey. So Sunday, we've got a 3-10 start in back in Denver with Charlie Morton on the mound looking to get the series split against the Rockies. From there, we come back home for a three-game set against the Washington Nationals. We've got Max Fried, Tuki Toussaint, and Waskar Noah on the mound at home for that series, followed by a series with the Miami Marlins, where we have Ian Anderson, Charlie Morton, and Max Fried on Sunday. So uh, so coming off of this really tough West Coast stretch, got to take advantage of these two series against the, uh, oh, Lord, pardon the expression, the bottom feeders of the NL East. Yeah, you, you've got to. This is, you know, this is really where you look at you look at things and say, OK, this is the chance to, to pull away in the division or at least, you know, pad, you know, pad your winning record and get the uh get the magic number at least a little smaller yeah yeah luckily uh luckily the phillies have been helping us out with that a good bit um but uh i i think looking at this schedule you you still have to eyeball this thir- tuesday wednesday thursday series against the phillies uh september 28th through the 30th the next to last series of the season it's uh, I mean, unless something crazy happens, it, it might all come down to that. Uh, yeah, it very well, it very well could. You know, it was what maybe a month ago or so that we really started looking at that final series and saying, "Huh, things could come down." Well, we we looked at the final series with the Phillies, and then you finish out the season with the Mets. Um, but the Mets have kind of shot themselves in the foot over the past month, but. It, you know, you look at those last two series and you say, well, things could come down to the wire there. Well, certainly that's still the case with the Phillies. They're still within striking distance at this point. But again, you know, get past this series with Colorado. This is, you know, this is the Braves chance to pad that lead once more and, and drive down the, the magic number. 
Absolutely is. So, like I said, this week we've got the Nationals and the Marlins at home. We follow that up, just previewing the uh, the schedule ahead. Follow that up with a three-game set with these same Rockies, but back here in Atlanta that you got to feel a lot better about. After that, you have a really, really tough stretch of games out west. You've got three in San Francisco, four in Arizona, and three in San Diego before coming home for those last two series against the Phillies and Mets. This is going to be a... I I want the Braves to run away with the division. Don't get me wrong, but I can't look at this schedule and see anything but a photo finish between the Braves and Phillies to end this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's certainly not over by any means, and I don't think anybody is thinking it. It it, it is. Um, the Braves are just they're they're gonna have to keep winning. They, you know, they at no point can they, you know, back off the back off the gas pedal. So it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting few weeks coming up through through the end of the season. But you know, though, it I, the thing I keep going back to is when you consider. Is when you consider all of the injuries and all of this the, the roller coaster nature of this season, the fact that we're in the position that we are in when, you know, a month and a half ago, you and I sat on this show and we talked about how the Braves are playing with house money at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we're still in this competitive position in the last month of the season, I don't know. It it's 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 fun. So I just that that's the mindset I keep kind of have trying to have with it is let's have some fun. Let's see what we do here. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll take it one day at a time. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys next week to see what happened for the Braves this coming week. For Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see you all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.